My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm back. I wasn't here this morning, but I heard that this morning was fire. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Apoyo was here. Yeah. Fire, Apoyo! Fire chicken. Apoyo is here! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so we have a lot to go over today, but I want to start by telling everyone I am in a fight with the establishment. They do this in unison. They write all of these uh, things about me, attack me, because I'm out there speaking. They, if they only knew how many speaking engagements I've been on, I just got back from New Hampshire. Shout out to Nikki. Shout out to the people in uh, Concord, New Hampshire. Um, had a great time with them last night and David Clements. And we talked about, I talked about everything. Talked about the why. Like, why are we where we are right now? And how do we get out of it? And what are we going to have to do in order to get out of it? It was a great discussion. They were amazing hosts. And I do want to say thank you. But the establishment on our side here in Colorado, where, where I, I spend a little bit of time, they are in full attack mode because they're losing their minds that I am actually speaking <laughs> with the lieutenant governor of the candidate for Colorado of the Republican Party. And so Pam Anderson came out. Did you guys cover this at all? Did, did we cover this at all? Yeah, I think we did. All right, we're we're going to skip by. It's, it's heating up. And I basically have said anyone that worked for Zuckerberg and the CTCL in stealing the voice of the American people is not someone that can call themselves a Republican. But now that's not the case. But I want to get into this because this is, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have um, Lieutenant John uh, Bose here on the show. And he is an Air Force Academy graduate. I'm going to let him tell you his story. Um, who he's been fighting this for well over a year now. Yeah, he's been in this quite, for quite some time, uh, and he's still uh, putting himself at risk, as are many others. Uh, you know, to stand up for all of our service members, and uh, so he's sacrificing for us after going to serve our country. He's going to tell you. I'm going to let him do uh, a little bit of his own introduction. I know he was a an, a distinguished graduate from the U.S. Air Force Academy, uh, but without any further ado, uh, John, welcome to the show let you introduce yourself a little better than I will. Although you have a better mustache, I'll give you that one. You trimmed it up a little better than I did today. 
Well, thank you, uh, Joe Edipala, for having me on. I'd like to start off by just making it clear that these thoughts and opinions are my own. I don't represent the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Uh, but that's correct. I, I uh, have been dealing with the mandate now for uh, well over a year at this point. And uh, basically, as a consequence of where I've stood on the vaccine mandates, I've been grounded uh, in a couple other different efforts to coerce me into getting the vaccine, including denial of medical exemptions, denial of religious accommodations. And, you know, my story is almost mild compared to what so many service members have faced up to like investigations, um, being forced to move places that aren't suitable for their families. Uh, it's really it's really tragic and, and it's unfortunate because you know, at least for me, I spent my entire life dreaming as a, of being becoming a fighter pilot. And I worked extremely hard to get there. And now that I'm here, uh, I have to give it up over an injection that still causes people to get COVID and still causes people to spread COVID. And we've known that for a long time. So I'm really here to advocate for myself and so many other service members, 80,000 of them across the DOD, uh, for their plight and standing up for their beliefs and their faith and their oaths to the Constitution. So walk me through what you just said. They're being forced to live in places that they that are just, you know, this is kind of the story that nobody hears. Nobody understands the persecution that people in our military that are here. They're fighting for, um, fighting for our values. Now, albeit I think our values are have been lost in translation, and now it's just a bunch of rhetoric. Not that I'm saying that we don't fight for freedom and you don't fight freedom. But what I'm saying is, is that the ideal of, of what you're fighting right now is a little different than, hey, we were fighting to preserve freedom around the nation, around the world. I don't believe that that this regime uh, sees it that way. I think that they're more concentrated on global warming and things that they can't see than protecting this country. But talk about those people. Talk about those people that have, that that are, I mean, being forced to do and live I don't know, punished, for lack of a better term. Well, certainly. So I, I think one of the more egregious situations that I've come across is an individual who um, was told to get the vaccine. He replied for religious accommodation and was then protected <laughs> under a federal injunction from being discharged over that, like many in the Air Force are. Uh, and he was told after this federal injunction came down, they gave him protect protection from discharge, that he had two options. He could either pick up his family his wife and kids and move to the middle of nowhere alaska because he was quote non-deployable or he gets the vaccine and stays where he's at and deploys with his unit uh and unfortunately he, he caved because he had to get the vaccine because he didn't have a choice he could not move his family to the middle of alaska that is just something that he could not do and so uh he had to sacrifice his health and his safety uh, and take this vaccine when he made it clear that he didn't want to do that. And so, you know, that's just one of the many tragic situations that I come across daily at this point of service members who have faced this kind of coercion, even after they've been protected by the federal government. Okay, so you are just grounded, right? That's correct. They've just, they've just grounded you. Now, they just spent an obscene amount of money training you to fly F-16s. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Actually, a lot jealous. You know, I met my wife because she was my she was my uh, flight instructor, and then I married her, so I could join the club. <laughs> but and I would love to fly an F sixteen. But you went through school, Air Force Academy, graduated, went on two thousand nineteen. Did you graduate? Correct. That's correct. And. 
2020 happens. They say you got to get this vaccine. You're like, I'm going to file for a religious exe- religious exemption, which you did in 2021, correct? Yes. And now your dream, the thing that you have focused on through high school, because you had to focus on through high school in order to get to the Air Force Academy to be focused on what you were going to do for your career. All that's been thrown away. It has. And, and I almost got discharged, actually. My religious accommodation ended up being denied. And ironically enough, one of the reasons why it was denied was because I, quote, couldn't wear a mask in the airplane, but uh, I do fly in a single seat fighter. Uh, so, and I wear a mask <laughs> with oxygen I'm just... <laughs> all the time. So you would so think you're that. Give yourself I, COVID? I'm just trying to. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly that's exactly the, the point there. And you know, masks even before vaccines were available were never a requirement for air crew, especially not in single seat aircraft. Uh, and so, you know, my, my religious accommodation was denied, uh, in my opinion, unlawfully, and then in the opinion of many others too, including federal courts. And uh, then once it was denied, I ended up still not getting the vaccine and was given a letter of reprimand and then told I would be discharged. Thankfully, a federal court injunction came down and protected those who applied for religious accommodations from being discharged in the Air Force, the Marine Corps, and the Navy. But nonetheless, these service members are still facing coercion, and it doesn't change the fact that the Department of Defense still intends to discharge us if we don't win this case. And they're grounding pilots. Uh, who could be perfectly capable of flying and continuing the mission uh, because these court these court cases are going to take a long time to finish. And so as I sit here and cost taxpayers extreme amounts of money for my paycheck and my health care benefits and everything else, I could be a productive member of this military, but unfortunately I can't be. All right, so how many how many pilots are right now grounded? That number is difficult to assess. Uh, there's a, probably about 800 or so pilots. I'm tracking more than 700 that are currently unvaccinated. As for those that are grounded, uh, all student training in, in, in the Air Force has been grounded. And I'll also say one extreme example of this is Advanced Air Force Base, one of the largest pilot training bases in the Air Force. There are 14 instructor pilots who are grounded. And that might not seem like a large number, but in the context of a squadron which has 30, 40 instructor pilots, that is a serious number of instructors in a time when we are already in a pilot crisis. For We don't have enough pilots, and in our instructor cadre, especially in pilot training, is extremely taxed. So other IPs, instructor pilots, who are, unva- who are vaccinated are having to pick up the slack for pretty much no reason, and that's a safety concern as well. Well, let me circle back on something, if you, if you don't mind. Um, Apollo, I just sent you something. This is a, a well-known bodybuilder, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you're not getting the vaccine because of religious reasons. I want to keep it at that. You have applied for your religious exemption. You don't want to put that in your body, right? And there are other pilots that are just saying, I'm not putting that in my body, <laughs> right? Some that did not apply for a religious exemption, they just said, I'm not doing it, right? This likens itself to the anthrax um, problem. It's all over again. But this bodybuilder is an icon, Doug um, Brignall. He passed away at 63, but before he passed away, go ahead and put that up if you would. This is what he said. I have enough confidence in the vaccine based on my research to get it done. Those who would think the vaccine kills people um, can use me as a test. If I die, you were right. If I don't die and have no ill effects, you were wrong and should admit it, at least to yourselves. Better yet, you should admit that you were misled and tell the world who misled you so other people can benefit by avoiding these fear mongers. Um, He got the vaccine and then he died. Go ahead and take it down. Do you want to play Russian roulette with your life? 
No, I don't. And there are thousands of service members who don't. You're right. There are not not all of these people applied for religious accommodations. Many applied for medical exemptions, some of which were granted medical exemptions by their medical professionals and then had those exemptions revoked by the bureaucratic process in the Air Force, which is which is a dangerous precedent to set to say that we're trusting the science uh, and then revoking medical exemptions by medical doctors. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And you're exactly right that the vaccine, you know, despite my objections religiously, is also objectively a dangerous vaccine. And you know, I, I rest in peace to, to that individual. You know, I, I, I pray for his soul. It's, it's awful that he passed away. Uh, but we're seeing vaccine injuries constantly in the military now. And in fact, uh, that's one of the efforts that I've, I've helped assist in is in notifying Congress of, of vaccine injuries. And there are pilots who have gotten pericarditis and have been grounded for seven months. One particular airman that I know had four strokes after getting the vaccine, uh, heart attacks post-vaccination. There are so many different serious medical conditions that service members are developing, and that's a threat to our national security by itself. I want to talk about that threat to national security. If you have if you have a pilot shortage already, and you take eight hundred and you ground those eight hundred pilots, and we're we're in the midst of you know we we we're having issues with North Korea, Russia, Ukraine. Uh, now we're threatening uh, Pakistan. I don't know if you saw that, but Biden came out and said they're an irresponsible nation that should not have unfettered access to nuclear weapons. Pakistan has had nuclear weapons for a long time. I, I mean, we're in the we're in the midst of us poking the bear everywhere, and our military is being depleted by them wanting to shove something into your veins. Don't you think this is a national security issue? Among everything else, forget everything else. Isn't it a national security issue? It is without a doubt a national security issue. And I want to kind of paint a picture for you in the audience about where we stand right now in terms of our manning and retention already. In fiscal year 2023, uh, or 2022, excuse me, that just finished this year in October, uh, we had the worst recruiting in the military since the all-volunteer force began in 1973, according to the Heritage down. Foundation. Yep. Yes, exactly. The Army missed its recruiting goal by 15%, which is approximately 15,000 soldiers. Uh, and the DOD's own data shows that there are mass exoduses happening from our total force readiness. Uh, in April of 2022, we lost 10,000 people in a single month, which is the most we've lost in a month in over 10 years. So people, we can't get people to join the military. People are running for the door that are already in. And in the same breath, we're saying that it's a smart decision for national security to vaccinate everyone. And if they don't get vaccinated, we're going to discharge 80,000 people in the military. Doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I, I mean, if you were trying to destroy a country, that's what I would do. If I were trying to destroy a nation, I would do exactly what they're doing. You couldn't make this many mistakes. On, on, you couldn't make this many mistakes by accident. This is almost, and, and again, these are my opinions, not necessarily your opinions. I want to be very clear because I want to honor your commitment and the number of years that you spent getting to a place where you could be a top flight fighter pilot. But they couldn't do this on purpose, and national security is the one thing that should be on our mind. Well, you sent over, uh, John, a, a security report, yeah. and I want to bring that up because you've already mentioned a few things, but I want to make sure that the audience can actually see this. Uh, so I'm going to scroll up to the top. Um, this is from November 8th, 2021. Um, so this is, you know, this is not new. This isn't just coming out of nowhere, just like uh, I believe most of us didn't. Uh, but we represent more than 600 pilots, the equivalent manning of approximately 12 squadrons facing discharge for their moral, religious, and medical concerns. Uh, it goes down and it mentions this survey of 300, uh, 357 pilots. 
And it mentions that the value of surveyed pilots, including salary, flight hours, training, total to $7.8 billion in tax in tax dollars, taxpayer dollars, 4,842 years of cumulative service, 14 years average. So these are experienced aviators, and that is important, and I'm going to ask you a follow-up to that. 2,456 cumulative years of service to retirement, 677,324 flight hours, uh, cumulative flight hours, 135,416 combat hours across over 1,100 deployments, uh, and then you mentioned the uh, shortage that they referred to in 2017, where it was 400 less pilots than we're seeing now. Uh, in particular, I want to ask you, you know, you've mentioned in other interviews and in some of the, some of the things that I've seen that this includes instructor, uh, instructor pilots. Can you tell us what, what that means for, uh, for the Air Force and especially in terms of national security right now? Absolutely. So, yeah, 69% of the surveyed, 357 surveyed pilots were pilots. So a majority of this sample representing the 600 to 700 unvaccinated pilots across the Department of Defense are instructors. And what that means is they're experienced and they're capable of training new aviators in a time when we need experienced, combat experienced, capable aviators to train and fix our pilot crisis. And, and to say in the same breath that we want to get rid of these people with average of 14 years of experience, which is a humongous amount of flight experience uh, and knowledge and wisdom that can be passed on to the next generation. What that essentially means is that if we lose these people, we are getting rid of our own capability to replace them because we can't just recruit a highly experienced aviator off the street. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. Nobody else flies in combat. You can't just get that from the airlines. And the airlines are actually getting pilots from our side. So, and that's why we're losing so many pilots is because the airlines are simply just better pay and, and a lot of people think that they're getting treated better and they don't have to take a vaccine when they go to the airlines. So uh, all of this is to say simply that this is a self-inflicted national security crisis where we are handicapping our own ability to even retrain replacements if we were to lose these individuals. So now another question, you know, you've been in this, like we said, for, for over a year now, this is not a new issue for you. You've been still fighting this. You still haven't been allowed to train, do any of that. Uh, it's now not a secret that the vaccines don't work. They don't pre prevent against transmission. They don't stop you from getting infected. Take apart the side that you're, you know, by yourself as a fighter fly pilot and the complete lack of logic there. But well, have you gotten minute. any updates? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If it doesn't stop transmission and it doesn't prevent you from spreading it, Lieutenant, what is it for, in your opinion? Like, what, what is it supposed to be? <laughs> What's its value? If it doesn't do those two things, and those were the things that they touted, what's the value of actually putting it in your body? It has no value. There, there, there is no value to taking this vaccine. In fact, I would say it's a negative value because people are getting injured by this vaccine, and that is just a dangerous precedent to set for our military, especially our highly experienced and competent combat aviators and special forces who have extreme taxes on their body, especially in their heart, cardiac taxes, and that's where we're seeing a large majority of our injuries is from cardiac-related issues. Uh, and so when, when you look at it from that perspective, it, there, there's no benefit. In fact, there is a detriment to our national security. And, you know, I could understand potentially this policy being relevant or maybe okay in 2020 when COVID was still thought to be a serious threat. But now that we're, we're two year, three years almost into this pandemic, uh, there just doesn't seem to be the same necessity. There's no national security reason to have people vaccinated against COVID. Well, Go ahead. 
I just want to put up a few of these. You sent over another report, which it's 100 pages, and it's got a lot of uh, – uh, there's some anecdotal reports, but also direct reports of people who have had uh, reactions after the shot. Well, this first one is yeah, – Yeah, I just want to put up a few of these, and I don't want to spend too much time reading them all, but this is a master sergeant, 30-year-old female, two doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech, hospitalized, f- hospitalized five days after the second dose, blurred vision, headaches, loss of balance, four strokes occurring within hours of vaccination. Uh, still cannot drive, see clearly, articulate thoughts properly, move in dynamic terrain. Her military military career is over. Another uh, pilot unit commander, captain, 44 years old, single dose of J&J, uh, pancytopenia, rare autoimmune disorder, unable to exercise, lingering side effects. Uh, I mean, it goes on. Single dose J&J within 10 it's hours. a fighter pilot. To, yeah, fighter pilot. Forced to call paramedics, grounded. Uh, despite adverse reaction, will not grant an exemption from further shots. Diagnosed with pericarditis and anaphylaxis. Pilot, commander, 42-year-old male, tightness in chest, heart palpitations, difficulty breathing. Uh, cardiologist suspects myocarditis, grounded for months. And there's several more of these. I'm just going to finish Another with instructor this pilot. Yeah, n- this one's an instructor pilot. Uh, infantry captain, staff sergeant. Aviation safety officer. This one's interesting because he noticed a disturbing trend in increased medical events following release of the vaccine. Uh, clinics at this member's base admits no- noticing large influx of heart-related issues. Uh, these heart-related issues following vaccination have not been tracked or reported in VAERS in any way. Why, given all this, are they still even considering rejecting a religious or a medical exemption? Have you received any clarity on that? No, I haven't, and, and attempting to, to get a hold of Congress has been less than fruitful, too, and that's one thing I'm here to do is encourage Congress to take action on this, because it's serious. It's extremely serious, uh, but there has not been a change or reorientation in policy at all by the Department of Defense, and I think in light of these issues, it's starting to become uh, extremely concerning. You know, I'm, I'm personally not here to disparage my chain of command or call out a conspiracy or anything like that, but at the very least, I am here to bring attention to my leadership, both in Congress in the presidency and in the military about this issue and how dire of consequences we are about to face if we don't reverse course very soon. Hey, John, how old are you? I'm 25. Um, so you sound like Captain Obvious. I mean, to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you, you said something that I think is, that I wanna, I wanna just push on for a second. That is, you're not here to disparage your chain of command, which I, you should never disparage your chain of command. You're not here to second-guess their decisions or talk about the fact that it's a, um, it's a conspiracy. But damn it, why are we not talking about it? Why are we letting those that are, are given an opportunity to serve who would lay down their life to defend this nation, why in the world would we not talk or be allowed to talk about the quiet part out loud about what's really happening to our men and women that are serving? It, it, it flies in the face of just basic decency and basic just reality, like what we're facing. But it's like, shh, shh. It's like the election fraud. You can't talk about that either. Right. And both parties are doing it. And both parties are doing it right now. We're talking about our service members. They're just not coming to the aid of those people that are willing to sacrifice their life. It's as if you become a guinea pig. 
I'm sorry. I don't know what other way to put it, but that's that's how I feel. Well, it certainly feels that way as well. It's just, uh, you know, these these are emergency use authorized experimental vaccines. Uh, and at the very least, at the very least, we have not seen a fully FDA licensed vaccine appear in a military medical facility until January, which means that for five months uh, after the mandate came down, we have been administering experimental vaccines. And most military facilities still only have the experimental vaccine the emergency use authorized vaccine, which by law cannot be mandated. So you're right, it does feel like I'm a guinea pig because these vaccines are emergency use, they are experimental, they aren't fully approved by the FDA, and they don't have the protections or liability shields that a fully approved product would. Nor do we have the background of information about what the long-term effects are, which is a dangerous precedent to set for our military members. Are you confused? Yeah, extremely. I mean, do, do you feel like you're conflicted in, in what you represent as far as the value to, the, the, to our government? Well, that's a really interesting point you make, and, and that's really one of the primary manners of confusion that I've experienced. Is, you know, I spent uh, four years at the Air Force Academy being taught things like, your oath to the Constitution as an officer is sacred. You will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, and you know, they taught us values too, like integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do. And they continue to reiterate these values and this oath constantly to us as officers. And you know, enlisted have a similar oath to the Constitution to protect it. Uh, and so it feels like this inversion of reality where we're being taught and told that it's a good thing to call out an unlawful order, and you should bring up questions. In the flying community, it is extremely important that if you see something that doesn't look right, that you speak up. And every time when we debrief, we go, that was a good call because it looked weird and you spoke up and that was a safe thing to do. And so I have all these values instilled in me that I, I've, I've lived my, to the best of my ability for you know years now, seven years now, uh, but I'm being told that, I, or at least being made to feel like a criminal for doing exactly what I was told to do, what I swore to do. And that's what so many service members, just like myself, feel like is they feel like, well, we're doing what we were supposed to do. And you know, that's, that's what doesn't make us extremists. We're not fringe right-wing extremists. We're not religious radicals. We're just everyday Americans who are trying to uphold our oath and what we said we would do. And we want to do our job. And that's why we're still here a year later is because we still want to do the job. We still want to serve. Uh, and that's exactly what we intend to do. We just would like to be able to have our religious, medical, and bodily autonomy rights respected. Well, let's say they don't let you go forward. Let's say that they tell you that, hey, we're, gonna, we're, we're kicking you out. There's also another price you have to pay, an actual price. I mean, they could come after you for your, for your training, right? No, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, my, my academy commitment could be a, a big factor. I, I incur a five-year commitment for the academy. And then when I graduated pilot training, I signed a 10-year contract. So uh, I still have seven year, a little more than seven years left on that contract. And so certainly, uh, to some degree, there's, there's some uh, payback that might have to occur. And on, on top of that, you know, so many service members, are, are, they're not getting honorable discharges. They're getting general under honorable uh, discharges, which, which don't afford them uh, as many benefits. Uh, it's not the same as an honorable discharge. And also, it's a mark on their discharge paperwork that looks bad to future employers. So uh, they're being harmed in the long run as well. It's not like this is just a clean break. This is, to some degree, uh, potentially ruining some people's lives. I mean, it certainly is. 
Well, you mentioned your constitutional oath, which is sacred. Your, your constitutional rights do not get forfeit when you sign up uh, to serve our country in the military. And it seems that that's what they're doing. You've mentioned before that in order for them to, uh, you know, to actually be able to implement something like this, they have to prove that, number one, it is a major, uh, of major importance to national security and in, you know, combat effectiveness and readiness and that they don't have a less obtrusive way of doing this. It certainly seems that neither of those, uh, you know, requirements have been met. In fact, quite the contrary, they're violating, uh, you know, they're implementing things that quite literally degrade and harm the combat readiness of, uh, you know, individuals who are receiving this shot as well as of the units, particularly when you mentioned some of those, those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. The, the least restrictive means is especially a big factor, too. And, and you know, there's there have been arguments made in so many religious accommodation denials, which, by the way, almost all look like they've been copied and pasted. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, they're saying there's no other way for us to accommodate you with this. You have to get this vaccine. But then I have been going to work every day for the last year plus now without a mask, without having to test. I have close contact. In fact, I probably have closer contact with people in my squadron now than before if I had been flying. Uh, and so, you know, there, there's that's that's the case for so many stories. We're not being told to telework. We're not being told to go home and hang out. We're being told, oh, well, you still got to work. We still need you. Or we're, we're undermanned. Uh, so uh, that's just it, it seems to, to fly in the face of common sense to, to say that there's no way to accommodate you. But then have you come to work every day? All right. So. Man, I'm 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 actually more angry than you are, and I, I'm sure that you 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 mask your frustration we have service members that are being adversely affected we have service members that are dying we have service members that are you know spend their entire lives training for a mission of of being a fighter pilot or being you know special forces because we we've seen the same thing happen with entire groups of seals that have said hey i'm not I'm, we're not getting our vaccine they've grounded entire um Groups, right? Haven't they? I mean, didn't I just read about that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so, based on this information, this is going to be, you, you know, I asked a question last night. I asked people, I go, do you feel invisible? And about 80% of the hands that go up, they, they answer, yes, I feel invisible. At some point, don't you think that those people that are fighting that are supposed to be at the very front representing the values of our nation, don't you think that at some point that maybe leadership, not your leadership, but maybe leadership holistically is looking through them and making people that are fighting for this country feel in, invisible? Whether it's intentional or not, it's happening. And we've you know, expressed that. And, and there hasn't been a change. And I think that's the crux of the issue is that you know, we, we are, you know, to some degree, banging on the walls and screaming about this as best we can because we care, not because we're trying to seek attention, but simply because we want to bring awareness to this issue because it's a serious issue. And so you're right. To be made to feel invisible is absolutely a real thing. And um, you know, it, thankfully, the modern digital age has allowed you know many service members to, to get connected and, and start doing things like the reports we've generated, uh, which are a blessing. Uh, but nonetheless, those reports mean nothing if they just sit in the inbox of a congressional representative and don't get looked at. And so that's really why I'm here in front of a camera is is to 
encourage people to spread this information, like the fact that 357 unvaccinated pilots are worth $7.8 billion. That's that's an eye-catching number. That's that's your tax money that you as an American citizen should be expecting to go towards the defense of your nation. You paid for it. It's yours. And it's not being used. And that is a concerning precedent to set in our country. Uh, and so that's why I'm here, is, is to tell Congress and our elected representatives and the American people who have more power than you think you do uh, to stand up and start speaking about this because it's yours. It's your national security. It's your military. Okay, so you know what they are spending their money on as well? Because it, this is a national security interest to all of us. You can't make this stuff up. They're spending. They're sending it on a mandatory military program that pushes soldiers to undergo gender reassignment surgery. Did you know that? Not more of that, yes. I thought I was reading the Babylon Bee. Well, it's wild, and I know this isn't, you know, direct, I know this isn't your wheelhouse, so no, we don't expect not. you to, to comment directly on this, but I think it's important, particularly when we talk about nation, national security and particularly morale. Um, so if it's all right with you, can I just roll through a few of these? Yeah, two? yeah. Just real quickly, um, you know, they have these policies where they're giving guidance for people – uh, including in leadership, to deal with people who identify as uh, transgender. and Or have gender dysphoria. Yes. Which yeah. is, by the way, a mental illness. Yeah, and, this, and well, again, this goes back to combat effectiveness directly. Uh, they're allowing them to serve openly. They say that, you know, given they meet other requirements, they just must maintain good discipline, et cetera. They're subject to the same standards. And then it gives them guidance on how to treat them and how to uh, direct them to uh, get you know, doctor's recommendations, and then end up getting surgery. And this is this is one issue. Uh, on top of that, they have, uh, they're hosting drag uh, shows on bases. Uh, one of them is actually referred to as the Navy Drag Queen. Uh, what was the name? Uh, Harpy Daniels. Uh, and specifically, there was a, an email response from Nellis Air Force Base to Breitbart News that said, Ensuring our ranks reflect and are inclusive of the American people is essential to the moral cohesion and readiness of the military. So, I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around that statement from the beginning. But do you think, given, uh, number one, we're putting people uh, and saying it's okay, you can serve in combat, <laughs> who quite literally are displaying behavior, which in a sane world, to my, uh, in, in my opinion, should mean that you are not fit to be in combat. And they're now promoting that. And on top of that, they're pushing these other issues, which I think would uh, very likely hurt the morale of soldiers and make them question what it is that they're actually serving and if that represents them as an American. Do you think that some of these things have something to do with the massive uh, departures that we're having from the military on top of uh, reports like you put together showing that they are completely disregarding the health and safety of service members while they're told to toe the line and, and uh, you know just suck it up? Well, I'd say uh, as a professional and, and more importantly as a devout Catholic, uh, treating people with dignity and respect is definitely a priority of mine. Uh, and what, as a warrior, a priority of mine is being with other competent warriors who do the job. And that's the essence of the military, is we are warriors. And we should be focusing on being warriors. And all, all these other things aside, look, regardless of how you feel about them, regardless of where you stand in the sphere of social issues, that doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that we need to be the most deadly, competent, and capable warriors that exist on this planet, because that's what the American military is founded on. 
And that's what we believe. And we do it with integrity, and we do it with defending the Constitution. And everything else is just a distraction, in my personal opinion. Uh, and that's not to give any sort of light, yes or no, good or bad, to any of that. But people are leaving, and people are frustrated, myself included, because the military is not focused on being competent warfighters anymore. And I think people are starting to see that now, and that's not what they signed up for. Uh, and so if they're allowed to leave, they're, they're leaving. Uh, so I want to address that really quick because it's really interesting when you're up in your in your uh, fighter jet because hopefully you get a chance to kind of hopefully this doesn't end for you I hope that you get an opportunity to continue your career doing this but you're up there and you have your you you have you know squadron of like I don't know how many is a squadron eight ten how many how many is a squadron you guys are Squadron's all up there around thirty pilots okay so you guys are all up there together. And everyone starts talking in your ear, and they're like, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Bose. And you're like, uh, he, him. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be talking about gender pronouns when you're in war. You're not going to look over and then say, are you really a man? That's not even going to be on the radar. It's not even something you even think about, is it? Not that I can think of. And Bullets not are the flying at you. Now. You're like, listen, I got that guy over there. You got that guy over there. Flank left, flank right. That You're going to be talking about strategies in order to make it out of that environment alive. And they're trying to weaken your, your disposition so that you're thinking about gender and sexuality. It, it flies in the face of common sense. It makes no sense at all. Well, one more thing. Yeah, I wanna, I, I, oh, go, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. You know, honestly, and, and outside of all of that, you know, if we're talking about wanting to include everyone and uh, do all, all of that, look, that that's, I'll leave my personal opinions out of it. But what I will say is that on the other side of the spectrum here, we have, you know, devout Christians, uh, people of faith, um, and, and of, of moral character that are outstanding and excellent individuals and, and their religious beliefs and their opinions on the world and, and their ideas about what is good and right and what is worthy in the military are being ignored. And so if we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion, I personally think that it's important that we look at the other side as well. And that side is clearly being ignored by these denials of religious accommodations because uh, it seems to be that the Christian values expressed by those who require, requested religious accommodation aren't considered valid enough for national security. It's a, that's an argument I don't think you could argue with. Well, I'm going to give you the final word. We do appreciate you being on here. Where can people find you and support you? Not support you so much. I'm on support. A Twitter and Truth Social at John huh? A. Bowes 3. John A. Bowes, B-O-W-E-S. Yep, and the number three at the end. All right. I'll give you the final word, and then we will pray for you afterwards. We've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to cover. Kanye West bought Parlor, if you didn't hear that. If things couldn't get any weirder. Kanye West buys Parlor. Well, so I have actually I have one more question, then I'll, yeah. I'll turn it over to you, John. Uh, you know, given again, because none of these social issues, I agree that they're distractions, and if people want to behave a certain way in their life, that's none of my business. But as now we're we have all these tensions with Russia, with China, with these OPEC nations. I mean, we're we're facing some potential uh, serious conflict, and if and when that. If or when that does happen, we need our military to be strong. And part of that is making sure that the world sees uh, the U.S. military as a formidable fighting force. That's part of 
you know, the whole concept of deterrence. How does it look from, uh, from that perspective to other nations when they see our military uh, focusing on these social issues and openly reporting that we're hemorrhaging uh, service members? Uh, and on top of that, highlighting now that all of them have been uh, forced or are being forced or coerced and taken from combat uh, to take a vaccine, which is very likely going to knock them out of the fight. No, I think it's certainly uh, not telegraphing that we are a strong and capable military. Uh, and that, I think it's obvious to pretty much everyone. And I think even if we didn't make it public, our adversaries would probably know about it. They're pretty capable. Uh, and that's what makes them dangerous. Uh, and that's why we need competent, capable 80,000 plus unvaccinated service members in the service because we can't afford to lose a single person right now. Uh, and we're standing to lose a lot more than just one. We're standing to lose tens of thousands. Uh, and so that's, that's, again, why I'm here. I'm here to call the American people to help us out because, you know, we're the boots on the ground, you know, and maybe lawsuits or Congress might take the hill for us. But the bottom line is Congress and you as the American people can be our air cover and you guys can keep us safe and you guys can look out for us and you guys can call this out to your representatives on Twitter, on True Social, wherever you exist. Talk to your family. Just say something and get people to say something and start this conversation because that's how grassroots change happens. And it's pretty powerful. And I'm a believer in it because we've seen a lot of success so far and we'll continue to do this uh, until uh, we believe that our oath to the Constitution and our values and our faith is satisfied. And so I'll leave it with that. We're not crazy people. We're not fringe people. We're just everyday Americans who believe in this country and love this country dearly. Uh, and we want to stand up for it. Lieutenant, Amen. thank you. And thank you for your service. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Yeah, we're God definitely going to fight for you. God bless you, John. And remember, we do have an excellent sponsor of the show, and that is Air Medcare Network. So today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. And if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors or do uh, you know dangerous things like some of us like to do that may require some emergency medical attention, we all want to make sure that our family is protected in a medical emergency. Uh, and health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight if, in fact, you do need one. But with Air Medicare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, not only you, but your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, this is a super, super good deal, very low cost, and it's insurance that if you need it, you do want to make sure that you have it. I know people personally who have had to cover those costs, and believe me, they are very expensive. So simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and promo code is daily. Go check them out. So that, that gets into, <laughs> that, that just, it, you know, I'm speechless. At the same time that this is happening, they're shooting up Chicago, who has the strict, strictest gun laws in the country. I don't know if you saw this, but a 13-year-old boy, they found him on a park bench, shot mm -hmm. in the head Yeah, on Saturday. One of the bloodiest weekends that they've seen. It's akin to, by the way, it is safer to run down the streets in Iraq saying, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, than it is to go to Chicago and be quiet and drive in a car through the South Side. It's a war zone. The people in Chicago cannot defend themselves. The people in Los Angeles cannot defend themselves. 
The people in Detroit cannot de- defend themselves. You're from Detroit, Apollo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My phone is blowing up in Texas right now with a crime wave that is sweeping San Antonio. Two people shot and killed, breaking into somebody's house. One of the things you have in Texas is stand your ground. You come into somebody's house, you're going to get shot and killed. So it's, it, you know, the burglaries and the you know, stealing cars and everything else is more prominent down there. You don't have the breaking into homes because, frankly, I think 80% or so of people in Texas are fully armed. And they will shoot you. Well, but, you know, it's the same thing that we're, we're, we see what Lieutenant Bose just told us. They're punishing those in the military who are simply standing up for their own rights and who are raising, they're playing the Captain Obvious card, right? It's not difficult to see. Uh, he's being, you know, fearless in, in speaking out against this and putting him on his own uh, career on the line. But they're doing the exact same thing to the American people that they're doing to our military. They're making them defenseless. They're weakening them. Yeah. And they want to make it our problem, and then they want to punish us. We have to go spend more money to tell the government what weapons we have. They have to put more pressure on us as they create absolute chaos that puts us in risk because of the crime that is now sweeping the United States. It, it, it flies in the – and I'm trying to put it all together. Weaken the people, take away their guns, take away their ability to defend themselves, talk about things that don't matter. Guys, listen, the, the establishment and the Democrats, the establishment left and right are both grasping at the ability to take away this, this power that President Trump seemed to give us back in 2017. He just called it what it was. I'm in a huge fight right now with the establishment. I'm in a huge fight right now. Personally, and I know of others, they're attacking President Trump. I don't know if you saw, did you see Joe O'Day in Colorado, Senate candidate Joe O'Day in Colorado, came out and said he will fight personally against President Trump to make sure that he is not the nominee in 2024. I don't know who gives these people that, that idea, but what it does is it pushes the people that are suffering the Democrats, the independents, the, the people who don't have a voice, who feel invisible, it pushes them to say, I'm not voting for that guy. Why would I vote for him? Why would I betray President Trump, who stood up and made people in foreign nations pay their fair share for defense? Why, why, would, we, why would I put it in the same hands of an establishment that is trying to return to a status quo? This is unbelievable. I'm my own man. Colorado Republican Senate nominee fires back at Trump. And what he said is, I didn't walk away from the criticism he's been uh, leveling at Trump, including on Sunday when he told CNN's Dana Bash on State of the Union that he would actively campaign against Trump and for the other GOP candidates that the former president runs again. O'Day also said, Bash, that Trump should not have, who have, should have done more to prevent the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. This, even Saturday Night Live, even Saturday Night Live is recognizing what a kangaroo court it is, and this guy stands up and attacks President Trump. And then he says, I'm a construction guy, not a politician. And, jo- and Joe O'Day is smarter than this. But here's the thing. 
Yeah, these people know what they're doing. Here, here's the thing I want you guys to understand. They don't like you. They don't like the American people. I didn't say Democrats. I didn't say Republicans. I didn't say conservatives. They hate you because you're an inconvenience. They're the same. Pam Anderson, the, ba- the, the, the pro-baby killer, running for Secretary of State against Jenna Griswold, what's the difference if Republican and Democrat mean they don't have to take care of the people? 54 cents on every dollar goes to the government. You don't own your own home. Let me just say it again. You don't own your home. No, Joe, I paid my home off. I own it. Okay. Captain Obvious here to Captain Obvious number two. Apollo, why don't they own their home? Because if you don't pay your taxes, the government will take it. And they sell it. seize it from you. And sell it at auction for next to nothing. Grab their money and give it to one of their lackeys. They will levy a tax levy on you. They will take your home. That's that's reality. Do you own your car, Apollo? Nope. You can't even drive it unless you have insurance. They'll throw you in jail. They'll throw you in jail if you don't insure your car. They'll throw you in jail, or they'll uh, you know they'll take you. They'll give you your little uh, you know your receipt for punishment if they catch you not registering it with the government. All right, let me ask you this. How many people that are listening right now, how many people are listening right now have had to fight the insurance company just to get them to pay a pay for something that happened? We all do. So you have to pay for coverage and then they get to fight not to pay you. That's organized crime. Do you, hmm. It's about time we, we took a hard, hard, hard right. Hard right and started talking about another party. One that is rooted in dignity. One that is rooted... Guys, listen to me. We have a Libertarian Party. We have a Constitution Party. We have a Green Party. Here's what we don't have. We don't have a People's Party. We don't have a party that stands up for the American people. They all have their little weird idiosyncrasies, right? I mean, to be a Republican, all you have to do is put on the big R. You don't, you don't actually have to believe anything that the, that here's our foundation now. 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 It's basically just another divvy up the road, R's get this, D's get this. You you don't have to have any, and I wrote this earlier today, you don't have to have any sort of value. You don't have to stand up for what's right. You just have to represent these little companies, these lobbyist groups over here. They're going to give you money. Uh, When you're done dealing with this lobbyist, you know, the the, the greatest thing that, uh, so I was asked not to come speak at Montezuma on Saturday at the Lincoln Day dinner. And Lauren Boebert is there speaking. I was asked not to speak. Do you want to know why? Joe, can you please not? I know we invited you six months ago to come speak, and everyone is excited to hear you. And the flack that I'm getting right now over you not being there to speak is enormous. But there's political fear from the establishment that you're, and they didn't say this part, this is the truth, 
is that you're going to come and you're going to speak sensibilities and you're going to speak truth. And when you speak truth, we are going to, we're, we're going to start, you know, starting our engines like you're doing when you went to New Hampshire or when you went to Arizona or when you went to, went to Minnesota or, I mean, look, I've been all over the country, but you got this hack, mini midget Kyle Clark from Nine News, little itty bitty man with small hands. I think he's just mad that I have more I, I have more listeners in two years, like by fifty X than he does. Right? I mean maybe Well who knows how many of his are bots anyways. <laughs> but they say that I, I I have violent rhetoric. Apollo, what violent rhetoric have I actually stated? Uh, you advocate for the Constitution mm-hmm. and the punishments for treason that mm-hmm. are articulated in said Constitution, yep. which is the law of this what, country. What, what's the what's the penalty for treason? Up to and including death. Yeah. And what have I said? That those that are guilty of treason should what? Should be punished hung. according to the Constitution. Found guilty and hung. It's not rocket science. It, it is not a victimless crime. We we have a we have a soldier. We have a warrior that was just on here. Lieutenant John Bose. A warrior who wants to fight for you. And he's being told, if you put this injection in your arm, it may end your career. You might die. But you're expendable anyway because that's what the military, that's what you're supposed to do is just die for us. (laughs) The entitlement just carries down to all of us. But they can lie. They can say Joe called for the for the death of for the killing of Polis. Oh, I am going to sue. We had that conversation today. That's why we brought in uh, in-house counsel. That's why we did the things that I did to to make sure I got back into tech because I'm going to fund the crap out of lawsuits. And they're like, "Oh, Joe, you said that." Yeah, I have. But Apollo, do I do what I say I'm going to do? Oh yeah, and <laughs> and then get sued. They're going to get sued. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of any of these clowns. I'm not afraid of their I'm not afraid of their their death threats and their they're attacking me. I'm not Here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that you the American people, you're not going to be you're you're not going to be standing. You're going to sit in the corner and cower and not stand in the gap and not recruit other people. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that you you're going to just you're so afraid of being invisible that if you make yourself seen you're like they're going to come after me first. Yes, they are. You might go to jail, you might die. What kind of life are we living though? When our soldiers have to just get jabbed and die. Our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, our, our husbands, our wives are put in hospitals on ventilators, fed morphine and fed uh, <laughs> remdesivir till they die, and then told, let them die with dignity. When doctors play a part in this, I don't know what is happening to us as people where we don't realize that truth is a thing that they're suppressing on both sides of the aisle. You got O'Day coming out and attacking Trump. Who in their right mind would attack a guy that literally for four years did not get paid to stand up for the American people? Did you all forget that? Did you forget the fact he didn't take anything? Nothing. He donated 100% of his salary and lost a third of his net worth fighting for you. And it hasn't stopped. 
He's got the, the lieutenant governor, or excuse me, the, the, the AG in, in, in New York that's attacking him now. It's sickening what we're dealing with. And what's he asking us to do? He's not, you know what? He's not asking us to be Jesus. He's not asking us to walk up the hill with a cross on our back for two miles to an imminent death. To give up your life so that others can have eternal life. He's not asking us to do that. He's asking us to have simple dignity in being an American. And we can't even do that at the Republican Party because it's easy to come in the Republican Party because we don't have a value statement. We don't have a mission in the Republican Party. We don't have one. And the Constitution Party, weird. It is weird. Because it's not based on the Constitution. They're like, well, I believe in X, Y, Z. Oh, and then A, B, C, D. It's like the LGBTQ, M, O, P. It's like that. <laughs> Think what you want. Believe what you want. We're here for the Constitution. No, you're not. Steve Bannon, they, they want to throw him in jail for six months. My spirit animal. <laughs> One of them. One of your spirit animals. One of my spirit animals. For what reason? Why do they want to throw him in jail? They have used every technology platform and tried to censor me on every single platform that is out there. They censor me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, bap, 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 bap. They just keep doing it. People can't download things, can't download this. It won't work. They can't watch you on Rumble. And everyone says, Joe, you're, you're, you're over the target. And they're like, we got to shut them up. Let's call in a favor. Let's call in a favor. Let's call in a favor. So I'm like, just go to Frank's speech. And when you're, when you're there, by the way, go to MyPillow and save 66% with CD21. Code CD21. Charlie David 21. Then go to my store and buy some, buy some slippers. Get some bed sheets. $29.98. 70% off with that code CD21. You can also use FBI. I like the FBI one. <laughs> we are watching as they attack, they attack people with impunity. And we're watching on the sidelines. This is, this is not a spectator sport. And yeah, we pray. We pray. We keep praying. We see the corruption. We see the corruption everywhere. But who's doing something about the corruption? Who? People, you know why they run into stores and steal candy bars? Because they know that the people that are the DAs are bigger criminals than them. Yeah, they, don't <laughs> like, care. they know that they're what, not going to be held accountable. What are you going to do to me? Oh. I'll just say I'm black. I'll say I'm white. <laughs> I'll say I'm green. I'll say I'm Asian. I'll say, I'll say, give me my reparations. Get the hell out of here. We have an upside down world right now, and we sit back and watch as if it's a, spec it's a spectator sport. We don't have a Republican Party. There is no Christian conservative. Now they want to say it's Christian nationalism. And they drive people back into their holes and say, guys, now you're a nationalist Christian. You are the thing to be feared in this country. Jeez, you know what they did that? They did the same thing to Martin Luther King. They bashed him. They still do. Oh, he was a philanderer. He was a philanderer. He went out and he... Okay. Show me a perfect man. You can't. He was a grifter. 
He was the grifter of all grifters, Martin Luther King. Get out of here. That man was prophetic. It's the same thing that they've been that they're doing to the to the military too. Everyone wants to do they doing it to the military. They're doing it to everybody. Why deny religious okay. exemptions? But Wait. then transgender's fine. I want to I want to read this to you. You ready? Let me read this to you. First they came. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. There's a longer version that's on the uh, Memorial Day Trusts. Only problem is, is that these are neo-Nazis. These are Marxists. Not in the traditional sense that you'd think Marxism represents because they've changed the name and the meaning of words. They're coming for you. They're coming for me. They're coming for Apollo. They're coming for all of us. Rip the Band-Aid off and stand in the gap. And you're like, I can't stand by myself because I'm still invisible. You haven't gotten past the part that you're invisible. You still, you still don't understand you're not invisible. You don't understand it. You're not invisible. I'm going to tell you again, you are not invisible. You are 100% visible. I can see you. You let them badmouth and, and call people names and do things that are, it's not true. And there are true consequences to what they do. Yet you're afraid to be attacked. All right. Well, let me know how that goes for you. Let me know how sitting on the sidelines, sitting on your couch, not going out there and doing what is necessary. Let me, let me know how it works out for you. Let me know how you watch other people get attacked and silently support them or let other people that are strategists for the, I call them lackeys for the establishment, that walk around bad-mouthing people. I got another one on, my, on, on a, one of the accounts. And I came back and I was like, everybody knows what you are. You're, you're garbage. I want, I want to know. I, I seriously want to know what it is going to take for us to stand up for Lieutenant John Bowes. What is it going to take to stand up for President Trump? What is it going to take to stand up for your neighbor? What is it going to take to stand up for the kids in Chicago? They're not Democrats. They're kids. It's a 13-year-old kid. You think a kid walked around saying, I'm a Democrat? No. No. But he was shot in the head at 13 years old. I mean, and then who shot him? An adult landed his life, I bet. Someone over the age of 18 who sees no value in life. It's a video game. The problem is getting worse in this country because we are stripping people. We are making them victims. We are scaring them into not talking about what they really need. 
They need a quality education. They need food on the table. They need jobs and opportunities and prosperity in their communities, and they can't have it with this two-party system. I said it. It doesn't mean that I will not support Republicans, but I promise you this. Rethink what you think Republican means going into 2024. The Republican Party thinks that they can prevent, rethink this. They're going to cheat in the election. They're going to use machines and mail-in ballots. They're going to do it massively. They're going to say that the wheels of justice turn slowly. You're going to watch as before your eyes they manipulate just like they did in the primaries, just like they did in 2021 in the municipal election in Mesa County that was uncovered by Tina Peters, just like they uncovered in, in Georgia. When you find so much evidence and you're the media and you care about truth, you cover it. Even if you don't like it, you cover it. But they don't. And they don't because they hate you. You are the inconvenient truth. And you're what this country is founded on. And they want to destroy you. Blinken said it. He said it when, what, what did he say? Let's combine uh, the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Mm -hmm. And they're still running with this J6 narrative, too. Because, again, they can't let go of it. They need to demonize you. They need to make you afraid. And they can't let, a, let go of one of their biggest talking points ahead of the election. Because just like the election itself, if they let go of this, they have to admit, we talked about this this morning, they arrested how many? Eight, like 800 people yeah. after January 6th? Yeah. After saying violent insurrection? After releasing this completely bogus uh, secret footage through CNN? That Nancy Pelosi's daughter just happened to be there. How many gun charges? Out of 800 people arrested. None. FBI has great intel, right? Zero. Zero. Zero of zero. And they had, but they had Ginger Gun, but the FBI didn't want anyone to look at him, right? And now, Peter Stroke, of all people. Can I play this, this short video? I know we're a little over time. Yeah. Listen to this, you guys. This is how little they think of your intelligence. This is how little they think of the American people. You know, that Mueller ethos emanated, I'm, I'm sure, from his own personal code, but also post 9-11. And I worked in the administration in which he served as FBI director. And what he sort of gave birth to in the lexicon was we, the FBI would never again, first of all, fail to sync up with the CIA and all sorts of artificial and, and real walls were torn down. And they would never again fail to connect the dots. I've not heard one utterance of connecting the dots from Christopher Wray in the days after the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol in our, you know, in history. Nicole, I think that's right. And I think if you look at the scale in terms of the threat to democracy, 9-11 oh I mean, was a tragedy. We lost thousands of lives in a horrific way. And we still mourn to this day. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance as we understand it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact that the FBI and the rest Are of Are you out of your mind? This guy, this guy has taken stupid pills. This is the same guy who opened an investigation against a sitting president funded by an absolute criminal who wanted to be president by one of the most corrupt individuals in the country, by Hillary Clinton. This guy's been outed repeatedly for being a complete liar for no, 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 no,
This guy that just said he compared 9-11, Americans dying, to January 6th, where they murdered Americans, again murdered Americans, this disgraced piece of trash on MSNBC. This is what they want us to believe is truth. When I tell you to get in the gap, that's why they hate me. They hate me because I'm telling you, get in the gap. This is the full termination letter for disgraced anti-Trump former agent Peter Strzok. I always had trouble with it. Peter struck a nerve. Struck. Struck. Okay, you ready for this? This is the letter. You ready? This is this is the this is the letter that was written about Peter Strzok. Ready? This is the guy that was on MSNBC. Tell me right now that this guy is honorable comparing 9-11 and saying that January 6th is worse than that when these people have been destroying everything our country is about. Ready? Dear Mr. Strzok, I have reviewed the decision of Assistant Director AD, Office of Professional Responsibility, OPR, following your appeal, which proposed a 60-day suspension and demotion. I reviewed the relevant material to include the AD's letter proposing you for dismissal and many of the text messages between you and Lisa Page. I consider the Douglas factors drafted by the AD of the Counterintelligence Division. Here, made it bigger. Your role is one of the most senior counterintelligence agents in the FBI. And finally, I consider the long-term damage to the reputation of the FBI. While there is no doubt your 21 years of service to the organization cannot and should not be erased, it is difficult to fathom the repeated, sustained errors of judgment you made while serving as a lead agent in two of the most high-profile investigations in the country. As an organization, we are entrusted to investigate high-level public officials, regardless of party affiliation. If we ourselves are shown personal bias or demonstrate a lack of objectivity, that trust can be lost. Our ability to be objective, no matter which party, candidate, or officeholder is in power, must be beyond question. Candidates and officeholders will come and go, but the FBI must be steadfast and resolved to find truth, regardless of our own personal leanings or beliefs. Though the Office of the Inspector General found no evidence of bias impacted any of you or the FBI's investigative action or decisions, your sustained pattern of bad judgment and the use of the FBI device has called into question for many of the decisions made during both the Clinton email investigation and the initial states of the Russian collusion investigation. In short, your repeated selfishness has called into question the credibility of the entire FBI. As I considered all the known facts associated with the adjudication of your case, it was difficult to imagine another incident like yours which brought so much discredit to the organization. In my 23 years in the FBI, I have not seen a more impactful series of missteps which called into question the entire organization and more thoroughly damaged the reputation of the organization. In our role as FBI employees, we sometimes make unpopular decisions, but the public should be able to examine our work and not have to question our motives. In your adjudication, I remove all the politics, pundits, commentary, and the media from reporting the decision point which I must address. When I strip away all the noise, I am left with the facts that extremely damaged impact the organization, which will take years to overcome. As Deputy Assistant Director, you're expected to be a leader who is beyond reproach and set an example for not only our direct subordinates, but others throughout the organization who watched and observed your behavior and actions. You failed to do so repeatedly and put your own interests about the interest of the organization, though it pains me to do so, it is for this reason that I am dismissing you from the roles of the FBI. David 
Bowditch, deputy director. This is the guy that got on there and said that 9-11 was pales in comparison to what happened on January 6th. All the video evidence, everything that's out there, and this is why they want me to shut my mouth. It's why they don't want me to talk. Everyone else gets out there, the pundits get out there, and they're like, I'm going to talk around the edges. I'm going to snip the rim. I'm going to sniff it. Sniff, 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 sniff. Like Biden sniffs little girl's hair. And I don't. I tell you straight how it is. And I have to tell you something. I don't do it because I need to be in this role of being on this podcast because I don't. I do it because at some point, where is the fire going to be lit? And how many places can we light it at the same time? I had a guy that was 90 years old, 85, 90, he had to be 90 years old, walk up to me and he shook my hand. He goes, everything you said tonight, I spoke for an hour and a half. Everything you said tonight, I agree with 100%. There's nothing that you said that I would find even the slightest bit dismissive. And after serving this country for over 30 years, he goes, I just want you to know I'm still here to fight. He's like 90 years old. We have a decision to make. I already know they're going to suppress me. I'm going to get out there and talk. You can walk door to door and you can hang flyers. You can walk, you know, retail store to retail store and put them on people's windshields. They can't stop that. They can't suppress it. You can grab people and go to pubs and, and churches and talk to your pastors and tell them to stand up and let's have a combined decision of information. We have uh, Pete Santilli that sent over information. We're going to be sharing that information. I think that meeting is Friday. I think so. Yeah, we have a meeting on Friday. We're going to go through a bunch of information related to what they're doing in this cabal of groups. You have Blackwater that's worth seven and a half. They have seven and a half trillion dollars under management. Trillion, not billion, trillion under management. And they're worth what, 25, 30 trillion? Mm -hmm. That's your money. They're managing your money. They're using your money against you while they take 54 cents on every dollar from you. Well, they steal your home, steal your car, steal your retirement, steal everything because you're an inconvenience, you're a slave to them. And if you can't see it by this time, I don't know how to help you. I'm trying to. And by the way, I just want you to stop being invisible. Just stop being invisible. That's all. Evict them. The wheels of justice cannot turn slow enough that we sit and wait until they do what Hitler did to the Jews, to the Poles, to the Russians. It wasn't just the Jews that died. 50 million people died in World War II. That's all we got here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you to have discernment. Stand up in the gap. And then we're going to figure out how to work the problem to get rid of the Republican Party. First, I'm going to start just lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. It's going to be fun. Because why not? Support Mike Lindell. Support President Trump. Support the candidates that are America first. And anyone else that denies that the fraud happened in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, it's going to do it again, isn't paying attention. Russia is going to attack us. We are fighting a proxy war. That is going to happen. They are making missteps so that they can hurt us. That is truth. Be prepared. Buy guns. Buy ammo. Buy lots of guns. Buy lots of ammo. Buy lots of rice and grain. Water. 
yeah, you can go to dcfguns.co. For those of you who haven't seen it, um, I'm going to play our commercial again real quick. This is the DCF commercial. We're going to play it, and then I'm going to pray for you. And by the way, I did not say the F word. I said freaking, and they bleeped it, and they thought it would be funny. I didn't think it was that funny, so we're going we're gonna to go with the unbleeped version as well. Sorry, but the, it is bleeped, because, but it's not because I said the F word. Go ahead and play it. Hi, I'm Joe, Supreme Leader of DCF Guns. Supreme what Leader. What is DCF Guns, you ask? We're the best damn gun store and range in the universe. Do we have guns? We have all the f***ing guns. We got small guns. We got big guns. We even have beastly guns. We offer all types of training. We have five ranges across our three locations. I'm a good shot. And of course, we have all types of ammo. <laughs> Get your guns out, because the sun's out. And let's party. You got you to gotta love it. I think it's the funniest commercial I've ever had. It's the best DCF commercial I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah so, um, but you can go to DCF. If you're in Colorado, um, we do have the Patriot discount, by the way. If you're an FEC member, it's, I think, 20% off or 30% off memberships. If you're military personnel, it's 40% off memberships there. So go in there and save. That's it. Let's go ahead and pray, shall we? All right, I am the supreme leader. <laughs> All right, Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to have Lieutenant John Bose on the show. Thank you for his voice. Thank you for his courage. Thank you for the way that he honors our country and our military and those he serves. Thank you, Father, for the, the information that he's brought to light. And thank you for the other men and women who are standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to put that in my body. Father, I ask you to put a special blessing over Lieutenant John Bowles. Bowles. I would ask you to guard his heart, his mind, give him the strength to stand up and to not take the vaccine. Father, I would just ask you to bless the other men and women that are standing strong. Give them courage. Give them stamina. And please give them the wisdom that they can maneuver through this, this evil that is being thrust upon them. Help them to be strong warriors. And help them to honor each other. And stand shoulder to shoulder as they would in battle in this battle, Father. Father, I would ask you to put a special blessing on the people listening that you can be on their hearts. We've lifted the veil. We've shown people what they're doing to groom our children. We've shown people what this coup looks like in our country, how they're trying to destroy the very fiber of our nation. Help us, Father, that we can stand together and just put an end to it. Just shut it down across the nation. Take to the streets and literally shut it down. Shut down every bit of commerce, shut down every store, shut down every bank, shut down everything that they're doing to us. Just completely put a stop to it. Once and for all, Father, just help us that we can stand together and use intermediaries to stand in a place of interposition to stop the evil in our society. Stop these globalists. Expose them for what they are and who they are. Help us to hold them accountable, Father. And if that means, if that means that that you step in the middle and you do some just bold things in order to make 
things happen and to be able to use us as tools, Father, I would just ask you to, to, that we are willing. We are willing to be bold. Help us that we may, may, may operate in wisdom. We may be, use peace as a thing that drives us. And then we do so in ways that honor you. Father, thank you for, for the resistance that you've given us all, that the heart that you've given us all to stand against this, this just obvious evil, obvious corruption, obvious ill intent of the people in our country, Father. As we go about our day, we do so and honor you. I say these things humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey guys, listen, I, uh, I want you to know that, uh, with us, everything is possible. And if we hold a meeting, we're going to have some emergency meetings across the country. We are going to have the magistrate tour. I am working with Seth Keschel and David Clements and Mike Lindell and others to bring it to a city near you. We're going to go to a thousand cities over 2023. We we're going to start it early, but I couldn't get everybody together. Pete Santilli, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get Ann Vandersteel. I'm going to get Ash. Or excuse me. Yeah, Ash is going to go. I'm going to get um, uh, April Moss to go. I'm going to get everybody to go in the gap. You're going to be able to hear people across the country. And here's what they're going to do. They're not going to show up, and, and you're not going to be able to be invisible. You're not going to be able to show up and just say, hey, I'm here to listen. I don't want you to listen. I want you to speak. I want you to have a voice. I want, I want you to have a voice that they've taken away from you when they took 54 cents on every dollar, when they made it so that you don't own your home, when they enslaved you, and they did that slow boil to take everything away from you like they're doing to Lieutenant John Bose. I want you to stand in the gap, but I want it to be about you. I will not save this country. Seth Kesher will not save this country. President Trump will not save this country. You will save this country. And it will take all of us. And it will take God. And, and just the... the um, the massive amount of faith and courage to stand in the gap and just stand shoulder to shoulder and get to the ethos of what they do to you, they do to all of us. I'll stand with you. You'll stand with me. We'll all stand together. Kumbaya. Here we go. <laughs> Nobody said it was going to be easy. That's it. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. Go ahead and hit the share button and uh, you be the ambassador of truth. You don't want to speak it yourself. You can go ahead and share this. All right. God bless you. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts.
We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America. America.